Uh, January. F- <laughs> February. February 5th, 2020 is the Live from Pedro show.
For Pedro Shea, brother man. Hey, How you yeah. doing? Excellent, excellent. It's all good. February, nice we're to... already a month into the 2020. It's crazy. Yeah. And we're a little cool. Must yeah. have been low 40s when I was hobbling. Yeah, we got last week, it got up to like 80, and then it dropped 20 degrees the next day. Yeah, so, well, it's not just me and you through the wonders of Skype. From Woodstock, New York, where it might be a little cooler. Yeah, yeah we got nothing to complain about. We got Chris about. Maxwell. Yeah. Welcome we're, aboard, Chris. Welcome. How's it going? Yeah, it's it's actually uh, it's actually not too bad today. It's like it's I think it's above freezing, so we're not doing too bad. <laughs> yeah, we were in the low forties, and it's kind and of and we're cold. complaining. A couple days ago, there was some wind too. Even <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's blowing. So, uh, look, we started the show. Uh, John Coltrane doing giant steps where they fucked up. And then try it again. And uh, skeleton key with wide yeah. open. That's a band you used to play in. But let's go. Let's go before that, Chris. Let, okay. What is your earliest musical recollection? Uh, earliest musical recollection. Um, uh, 
you know, you know, it was it was probably um, it was probably a combination of, of a few things. But uh, uh, I grew up in Marlton, Arkansas, which is a um, pretty small town in central Arkansas, and um, I grew up next to my grandparents and uh, my uncle, who was the youngest of of, the, of my mom's siblings. Uh, he played in a band, and I, I think the first time I really got to experience music besides it being just on a radio and just being sort of blown away by something was watching these guys carry equipment into my grandmother's living room and set it up and play, I think, like, Oi Como Va or some, like, uh, uh, Black Magic Woman, some Santana song, and I was just, you know, I was probably six years old or something and just had my mind blown by that now uh your uncle played but did anybody in the, the pad you grew up play i didn't have a very music the family wasn't super musical you know the grandmas all played uh church piano and and uh that kind of stuff but um uh you know music for me was uh it was it wasn't like a, a situation where everybody sat around and, 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 you know, played acoustic guitars and, and sang. And we didn't do a lot of church, uh, as a family. So, uh, for me, it was more of like an escape. Um, you know, I had a, uh, yeah, yeah. It was more of an escape for me. And I'm trying to think of the exactly some, some references for that, but, yeah, that's basically it. I'm curious, was there like any instruments in the pad? You know, it's it's funny. Okay, so no, there weren't. There, I mean, there was at the grandma's house. There was a piano and an organ, but uh, in the house I grew up in, uh, there was no instruments at, until. Uh, uh, and this is probably not, doesn't lend a lot to my to my cred, but I, I we had we had subscribed to now this will go back. You know, to show my age a little bit, but. Um, we were, we had subscribed to the Columbia house, uh, give like music club. I don't know if you remember that, that kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. You send them a diamond, they send you 10, eight tracks. That, that's what yeah, I Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so we had, we, if you didn't tell them what eight track you wanted, they would just send you, right. uh, an eight track, uh, of the, of the month or whatever. And I think invariably we just never told them what to send us. So we just would get whatever came in the mail and, um, and we got something, uh, and came in, and, and uh, my mom stuck it in the eight-track player, and I didn't really hear the music really that much at first. I just heard just people screaming their heads off, and this is probably 1975 or six or something, and I was like, "What the hell is? Are these people all freaking out about?" And um, my mom said, "Yeah, it's it's uh, it's Peter Frampton. He's just pl- it's he's it's a live record, and, and he's at a there's a concert, and people they recorded it, it's live." And I was like, "Well, whatever that is, that's I think that's probably what I should be doing." And um, she had a guitar; it was stuck in a in a uh, in a shed, and so she went and grabbed. She got the guitar out. Um, uh, it had no strings on it. But she said, well, look, if you can learn where the notes would go if there were strings on it, and you know, and you showed me that you're interested in this, I'll, uh, we'll talk about getting you a real guitar with, and get, get you lessons or something. And, 
And so, man, I was so into it. I just, I sat there for like weeks and just like learned where all the notes were if there were strings. <laughs> what about school? Did you play at school? Were you in the choir or the school band, the marching band? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, uh, yeah, yeah, I got into choir um, and uh, band, uh, played trumpet. That was, trumpet was my, probably my first instrument, but around the same time as guitar, uh, when I was probably at 12, seventh grade. And then, um, and then I played in bands, uh, throughout my, uh, high school years, uh, doing, uh, uh, band, choir, rock band, uh, started playing professionally when I was probably still in high school, probably like, um, you know, 11th grade, 15 years old or 16. And then, um, and then I tried to get into, uh, I, 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 I went to uh, Arkansas, U, uh, University of Arkansas at Little Rock, um, and I was the first, I, this is what they told me, I don't know if this is actually true or not, but this is what they told me. They said I was the first declared jazz major. It was the first year that they had uh, put, tried to institute a jazz program at the at the university, and I was the first person to, you know, like, sign my name up and say, hey, I want to, I'm going to major in jazz, and... And that lasted about maybe a year and a half. I got, you know, probably a year and maybe another couple of semesters in. And then just realized that, you know, like like we were talking about just a few minutes ago, uh, Coltrane playing Giant Steps. I was fine with, like, songs like uh, So What by Miles Davis where, you know, there's, like, one chord for eight bars or 16 <laughs> bars. But as soon as it got like you had to change keys every two beats, then I was just like, you know what? I, this is not going to work for me, uh, my lifestyle. So I, 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 I bailed on that. <laughs> well, before you got to college, did you have like that stuff after school, like the basement band, the garage band, bedroom band? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of during college. Um, well, last year of high school, first year of college, um, it, we, I started uh, playing professionally, and um, that was Arkansas. An in, was an interesting place in the in the uh, early early eighties. Uh, the live music scene was. Uh, it's hard to imagine now, but it was a place where uh, you could not really hear original music it, it, you not at a club at least you you couldn't go to a club and or a bar and hear a band play original music it just wasn't happening Get what governor about, governor clinton blowing what about sax Vino's? what's that governor clinton blowing yeah. sax no Vino's wasn't around yet Vino's is like way down the i'm talking like 81 80, 82 um, maybe 83 the first the, yeah so that Vito's wasn't wasn't really happening until the late eighties. Okay. Um, okay, I can't remember. But Bill Clinton, what town was he? Hope. Clinton, yeah. Yeah, brother Matt was asking about Bill Clinton. You ever run into Hope. him playing sax? He was playing sax, <laughs> but I, I don't yeah. know if he was playing professionally. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I remember. Little Rock was Vino's. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, Vinos. I remember you guys coming, and I remember um, uh, more than that one. I remember the Fayetteville show. I remember. I don't. Well, know yeah, if, uh, yeah, but that's that's at uh, university. Uh, 
Razorback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the real university. The well, one they're, all, they're all real universities, <laughs> but that's more of the that's more of the one like you go away to college, right? It's not part yeah. of the town. Yeah, it's its own. Yeah, that's town. a it's a party school. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. And uh, actually, that was kind of the regular place to play in Arkansas. It was kind of hard to play in Little Rock in the old days. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can, you can, that's true. You could get a gig in Fayetteville probably a little easier. Yeah, and, a lot easier. And uh, Little Rock was a little bit more of a challenge uh, in the early part. But then that's, that started changing. And, and uh, not to give uh, my bands any pat on the back, but there were, we were, the, the way you played in that town was you played four sets from nine to one and you played covers pretty much you know the whole night you know you do the thing where you maybe slip in some original tune in the middle of a set but it was that kind of like us five six days a week you know uh it was a real job like you just go and you, you learn you know uh 50 60 songs and you and you play for four hours every night um and we sort of started like completely we had a fairly good following the people and we just completely jumped ship on that whole concept and started playing original music and inviting bands from other towns to come in and play and we started booking shows and uh and things and then things changed and uh uh it, yeah it was then it got then it got then it got cool and exciting <laughs> yeah. okay i want to play here a mess of things
couple in Coney Island, but the sky glows white as noon. I should look at the camera. I'm 51. My mouth draws down at the corners. I'd buy false happiness if I could. Certain horrors have become mundane. My room contains two blue chairs, a door into language as subject and object, nails, bacteria, spite, a memory of other uses. From my window, I can see the sea, hear church bells. When I close my eyes, I feel the ocean's rhythm in my blood.
for Peter Show. Yeah, massive thanks, Chris Maxwell. After that brand new from Guided by Voices, man called Blunder. Bob's 105th album. <laughs> 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 this guy. He just played a gig downtown LA for New Year's Eve. 100 songs. It was like a five hour gig. Jesus. <laughs> An all original. Damn. <laughs> this guy. Bob Pollard. 21 Vec out of Skopje, Macedonia with Staro Sonse. Brand new Jaded Azurites on the Veliki Bel- Balkan. Veliki Balkan. Big Balkans. Label. Diane Arbus. His name is live. Brand new. Return to Never. Also new from Huma. Proxy. Brand new also from Lucy Leave. This is all England stuff. Pea costume. That's pea like the vegetable. I never use that word unless it is vegetable. <laughs> right? Only girls say pea. <laughs> Maybe how's it? Except a bald spot on your head. You didn't say piss. <laughs> okay. Uh, paper mice. They're out in uh, Chicago, man. Cannon fodder. Lewis Cole with blimp. And Chris Maxwell with. Have you ever killed yourself? Which is probably not a cover. Uh, Off-air people, Chris was talking about the virtues of maybe having a period where you're doing covers. Because he says he's working with young people who jump right into songwriting. Which, you know, I always ask people on the show about writing their own songs. Because we never did until the movement. I was always amazed about people who just start writing songs. Because I'm I'm not aware of that. I'm, I'm from the... A place, Chris, where no one wrote songs. Every The best guy in Pedro was the guy who could play Black Dog the best. <laughs> I guess it was like <laughs> trying to cut somebody with giant steps or some shit like that. Yeah. Which is terrible if you think about John Coltrane in those you know, loving eyes and they're using his music to cut each other with. You know, it's kind of bullshit. But anytime you play, I think you're invested in the next time you're going to play. So whether it's somebody else's music or your own music, or, or or maybe reinterpreting somebody's. What about that thing where you use somebody's composition as yeah. like a, 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 a launch pad as a, a springboard? It's so you can uh, reinterpret. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I. I uh, you guys, I, yeah. you guys weren't really doing that in, in Little Rock, right? No, we were doing that all the time, and I think I. Oh, you were still- okay. Okay. Yeah, my brain still hears things that way. Like, uh, um, uh, my son, he's 12 years old, and he, and, and, uh, he's, he likes Chuck Berry a lot, and which is, I'm, I'm excited about that. And, uh, but he also likes, uh, Billie Eilish, and I said, you know what? I, that Billie Eilish song is basically a Chuck Berry song. So, uh, you know, it, uh, it, it, it's not a, it's not a, too much of a jump to just like, just, Imagine Chuck Berry playing and singing that song, and it worked. It worked actually really well. Yeah, I mean, I guess basically music is music. <laughs> yeah, 
That's what I hear. I'm still testing, yeah. testing out the theory. So, yeah, yeah. you guys do make the jump, though, of not even reinterpreting. You, you just start playing your own tunes. What about tour? You said you're playing with bands coming through town, but when did, did you guys start touring yourself? Uh, you know, regionally we started doing stuff um, fairly. Uh, it took a little bit of time to get to get go off the ground there. Uh, Little Rock's a good spot, and, and as you probably you know maybe remember, this is you have to kind of go to get to if you're going from Memphis to Dallas, you go through Little Rock. If you you know St. Louis to New Orleans, you know it's I-40, a good I forty, I forty, I forty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good place to to as a work from as a base. So. Yeah, we started, you know, uh, moving out and playing. Um, uh, I think like maybe the, some of the first places we played was like Deep Ellum in Dallas, or we'd go to Austin and play, or uh, we played the Antenna Club. Um, Memphis, Memphis. I was going to say that seems like the closest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a couple hours away. Yeah. Yeah. So, what happened? You got there's something changed. You're you're in Woodstock, New York now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I stayed there for a long time in, in, uh, in Little Rock and the band I, I, I got going there, we, we signed a record deal and we, we, um, with, uh, Virgin Records in, uh, like 89, Jim Dickinson produced it, uh, uh, Memphis producer, you, you know, he worked sure. with, yeah, 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 Luther's um, dad. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> and Dig, uh, remix. Yeah, he's a master. Out. Yeah, he's I a master. Know about that job, but, uh, what did he do? What was he up big remix raw power, but it's like got no breathing room. It's just mm. what's that hard limiter kind of shit? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a remix for Skeleton Key, my my band I joined after uh, uh, the the Gun Bunnies, the band in Arkansas, and Dickinson. Uh, all he did was he played uh, he played the song over the PA at a Oathor Turner goat roast, huh. uh, and then recorded it. And and the the whole I guess the point of it was that you could just hear the goat roast party happening at the same time the song was playing. So <laughs> yeah, Oathor Turner, Oath Turner used to have those big old parties, the flute and fife band and the barbecue <laughs> and out there big events, huh? No, it's like a- ambience. <laughs> yeah. It was ambience what Mr. Dickinson was looking for. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Ambience. Uh, <laughs> yeah, got- so anyway, I that band we 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 did our record and we've toured um did the whole like, you know, at that time that kind of major label uh thing uh and of course immediately got dropped i mean our, our whole entire a <laughs> and r department and east coast office for virgin was com- completely shut down around the exact same time the record came out so we were pretty <laughs> fucked out of the box and yeah. then um and then thank you Mr. and the record Bands. wasn't that great anyway to you know and so we ended up just uh we, we we played together for a little bit longer, and then around 1994, I moved to New York City, and then uh, changed everything there. And why'd you pick that town? Uh, a girl. Okay, <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> it was a it's a cool town, and then uh, and we had two choices. The, oh, yeah. the my my girlfriend she she had a job, and so she's like. The job, we can either move to San Francisco or we can move to New York City. And I don't know. I, ch- I thought New York sounded like the place to go. 
Wow, yeah, I can imagine a Little Rock guy getting offered that choice. And she's going to, like, springboard for it, huh? Yeah. Okay. It was intense. Yeah, not a lot of Pedro to guys get. It's like camping, right? Intense. Oh, yeah. Well, so you loaded up the truck and you moved it. Yeah. NYC. And uh, yeah, in those days yeah. it was in Brooklyn, right? It was probably Manhattan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lower, uh, lower Manhattan. Right. John Zorn probably had his thing going then. That well, my first job was booking the knitting factory. So the one on Houston. Uh, the one on Houston, forty-seven East Houston. Wow, the first one. Yeah, I saw William Parker. Mm. Oh, William Parker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got to see him sweating to death in July or August. Thirst took me. Yeah. Death. And I like that one better than the Leonard Street one, even. There was one out here in West Hollywood. It was terrible. It was in a mall. <laughs> Feb 4. No, it's 5, huh, brother? 5, yeah. Oh. Yeah, 2020. Hold tight for our two. February 5, 2020. is the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
this shit.
Just fast forward And if I never see your ass again So long That's when I roll another Kush blunt And smoke off Go ahead and feel free to get high I know it helps make time fly by So if you never smoke before Just try Turn me up like your blunt and just ride Go ahead and feel free to get high I know it helps make time fly by so if you never smoke before, just try Turn me up, light your blunt and just ride The coach lifted, and you can see for yourself The coach gift. no Christmas I'm so pimpish, that's why the niggas love to hate Cause I knock they bitch quick I make the bread fast like this quick And all the hoes like to ride on my pimp stick Take a walk in the gators of a misfit Antisocial, ain't good with making friends and shit I'm only good at making currency Without it, didn't it burpees me If she can't talk your money, she ignored me The coach pimps accordingly Before I take that pussy, get the purse to me Most certainly I don't say for now. I send her in the breaker. She in some high heels. The coach and some gators. True players. The outfits tailored. Split the blunt with the razor. And smoke on. Go ahead and feel free to get high. I know it helps make time fly by. So if you never smoke before, just try. Turn me up like your blunt and just ride. Go ahead and feel free to get high. I know it helps make time fly by. So 
look, you never smoke before, just try. try. Turn me up, light you up, and just try. Smoke Every day I pack the switcher hard. They say I'm GAC, Mac Gang, got it on my arm. It's my amusement park, call it not Jerry Farm. I smoke the bomb up in the morning, call it Lucky Charms. My house is like a born horse, wait, I ain't straight. Homie got me twisted, trying to roll a cush with a grape. The grape is for the strength, but nonetheless, I got the best. The better than some chronic that you got. Here's your first test. She came to hang, first blunt, she looking strange. Eyes droopy, starting to feel like it's Camp Snoop. Just like damn, I could feel the smoke shoot through me. I smoked before, but young rock, what you do? I bring the switch and then bathe it. Coach say he gon' fade it. All the weed that we smoking, we was swore that we made it. I put my past up and smoke, call it cheats and chong. Cause all day long, nigga, all I do is smoke. Go ahead and feel free to get high. I know it helps make time fly by. So if you never smoke before, just try. Turn me up like your blunt and just ride. Go ahead and feel free to get high I know it helps make time fly by So if you never smoke before, just try Turn me up, light your blunt and just ride Smoke on, smoke on Someone who feeds on themselves, someone who is just not satisfied in presenting oneself fairly, but must go beyond all pretensions until nothing is left to exaggerate. No one wants to hear any more. He has talked himself out on all limbs and is the master of being a dick. The self-hard blowhard continues on with his pathetic bleeding. He gains strength on your weakness and tolerance. You let him have his way, then pay for it endlessly. The threats are blue in his face. He has talked his everywhere. Imagine being trapped with him and listening to it all the way. The self-hard blowhard spins on and on into the night, no one to stop him from doing himself in front of everyone who has to see. He is sure of himself to a degree, a degree of insignificant foolishness and that has brought on everybody till he finally gets so tired or goes away and carrying away his self-importance into the night. Just rising. I know. You know that we 
Watt for Pedro Show start off the second hour with Chris Maxwell doing Arkansas Summer. Then out of Milano, Alexander DeLarge doing Fatty Arbuckle Scandal. Stome out of Rotterdam with I Want It. Healers out of Illinois, Acceptance. Our Elizabeth Piano Cut. DJ writes, right, right here, this guy handed me a CD at a red light at intersection. Smoke on. Joe Brewer, Jack Brewer's cousin out of Madison with the self-powered blowhard. Nothing to do with last night's speech. Chris Maxwell. Most of what I ill learned from women. From women. <laughs> Which ain't the lady who gave you the A-B choice with the city in uh, Manhattan. Uh, no. Me and Chris were talking off air people about... Because uh, I know of a guy named... Uh, Chris, who had a fanzine called Fluke out of Little Rock in the 90s in a hardcore scene. and Who were you talking about there? Yeah, um, yeah, that, that, that scene, that was... No, his name really? it was Brother Matthew, yeah, at Fluke. And he's he's been reissuing a lot of these things, and I've been reading them. And uh, about those days, you know... It's like 25 years now. But when you think 90s, you think, whoa, that's kind of late in the game. But you know, no one picks when they're born, so it's always the happening time, right? Yeah, Little Rock was always a little behind the curve. Yeah, but in their moment, they don't know that. No, 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 no. So it's probably just like, you know, me and Dee Boone and Georgie going up to Hollywood in the late 70s. For us, you know what yeah. I mean? It's. It, I think it gets very... Uh, particular to your own thing and, and you don't know outside the thermos bottle so much maybe and that's okay yeah yeah um uh, that scene was that scene was uh, the real deal and you know it was it was kind of came after after our little invention of of you know playing clubs and doing original stuff and these guys were uh just Playing, there was a, uh, a band shell, uh, outdoor band shell. I, I, I remember, and uh, somebody was like, "Yeah, man, there's like bands setting up, kind of like just in this shell and playing." And and that scene was so cool. It was never part of. I was never really part of that. I'd kind of, like I said, came after that. But um, it's interesting now. But the, the the label that puts my music out is uh, an Arkansas label, and it, it's run by Bert Taggart. Who was one of the uh, uh, one of the original folks that was making that whole scene happen? He was in a band called Chino Horde, and um, there were some other some other guys I knew. Uh, yeah, there's a couple. Of, I know Thick Syrup is out of there, and and then that one of the cats who was in Gossip, because Gossip was out of there, became a Kill Rock Star band. Yeah, all uh, right. Came back, yeah. right. This band, band Trusty, that was on. Um, uh, Discord, uh, they were out of Little Rock, uh, they were kind of out of that scene, and, um, uh, some of the guys, um, yeah, uh, like I said, Chino Ward, I can't remember, I can't remember a ton of the bands from that, from that scene, but, yeah, that, that was a, that was a real thing. There was actually a documentary they did on that. That's great. I know they did one on the antenna, too, in Memphis. You know, I think it's important because people think it was just New York, the city, and some little bit of Hollywood. But, you know, it wasn't all very early, but to each time, 
Yeah, it was in their time. Uh, now, going back to your journey, uh, you're booking gigs on Houston. That's shit, in fact. I mean, so you're, you're, you're witnessing some wild music. I mean, they... Oops, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, that had an know, effect that, on you, right? Sure, man. That was that changed. That completely changed the game. I, 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 I hadn't joined a band yet when I got there. So, the first thing I'm starting to see is is like Charles Gale coming in and wailing. Or I saw uh, Masada, you know, John Zorn's group, sure. um, and um, you know, William Parker was playing with Charles Gale. I, I'm pretty sure and. Uh, uh, Sonny, uh, uh, the drummer who played with Coltrane, uh, um, was the drummer. Anyway, yeah, I just saw some Rashid incredible, uh, incredible stuff there. I met Rashid Ali. He was had a, a turtle shell for a hat. Mm, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And his son Amin was on bass. I heard his son gave up bass. Oh, he wow. quit music. Man. Philadelphia. Uh, which which happens, you know. Some people, uh, what Arthur Rimbaud with poetry, right? He writes a couple of years yeah. and never writes again. Done with that. Some right. guys, but other cats like uh, uh, Elvin, right? He's got oxygen yeah. tanks on the stage, right? He's going down swing. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, I don't know. People are different. And they hear it. Mm -hmm. It's a big part of their life for a little bit. Sometimes it's it is the life. Mm -hmm. But I guess everyone's yeah. got their own calling, their own uh, kind of trip. I know that brother Matt has got his calling, and he's going to bring <laughs> it via the spin site. Very cool. Bring it, brother. Matt. Here we go.
than Matt. It's a clam bake. Right there. <laughs> it's a clam bake. That was yeah. the name of that song, actually. Well, let me get this. Yeah, but what made you do what you just did with your fucking cyclage? Petra, for ah. no particular reason, but we were talking about theme songs and soundtracks earlier, so and I busted out her. Fucking, she's been on, on that Yeah, so we got the fistful of dollars, I think we start really? off, and then okay, so everything else just Sergio. fell into place there. Hound Dog uh, side project from David Hildalgo from... Uh, Los Lobos dude. That's right. Quintron was in there. Pogues. Right. Past guests. Miss Pussycat. Yeah, yeah. Down in New Orleans. Plays Pat. You know, he has gigs. Yeah, yeah. Pat. Organ man. Uh, yeah, I, I tell you, uh, Petra and her sister, Rachel, and uh, for a little while she was Tanya, playing with yeah. uh, Tom Rungren. Huh. I think they got oh, wow. the scene back in the oh, band. Cool. Yeah, the U- Utopia. But uh, in uh, Tanya... Hayden Triplets, they cool. got a new album, so they're going to come on the show. Very cool, awesome. The last album they did, the first one, mm. one microphone, kind of easy to mix. <laughs> Ry Cooter produced this one too? Ry Cooter did the last one, I, I wonder if he did this one. And, I, and his boy did the drums. Oh yeah, yeah, Joaquin. Right. Uh, back with Chris here in Woodstock, retirement. Uh, well, how do, you, how, how do you get from Manhattan to Woodstock? Um, how do you get there from Manhattan? No, no, you, you and your musical journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably take the fucking I ninety. What is it? I eighty seven. It's I eighty seven, right? Take a, take the exit nineteen. Uh, now you uh, 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 keep the Hudson I've on been the on Skelton Key had been on um had been on Capitol Records and uh we made a record with uh, Dave Sardi produced and uh it was um. You know, it was a thing, and we we toured on that for a little while, and and you know, uh, towards the end of that experience of of playing uh, with Skeleton Key, this we could we knew that the second uh, record they we knew they weren't going to pick it up, um, and so they they bought us out of the deal, and they threw us all a little bit of money to uh, to to take to forget about the three firm deal they said they were going to give us. And, uh, I, uh, got the hell out of New York. I, I, you know, being from Arkansas, I love New York city and it was always amazing. And I had a great experience here, but, um, I had been coming up to Woodstock and hanging out cause a lot of friends, musicians and people I knew, uh, that, that were up here and I've come up here and I just knew that's where I wanted to be. So I, I took what little tiny bit of money they gave me and I came up here and got a house and, and got myself settled up here. But you didn't leave music? No, I didn't. Um, I had made a transition from Skeleton Key into doing production work. I worked with, uh, we started producing bands, a buddy of mine, Phil Hernandez. We formed a, first, it was kind of first a band called Elegant 2, and then we did remixes uh, for bands, and then we started producing some of the bands on the, on the, uh, uh, Lower Manhattan, and then, um, and then we got out, and then we started actually trying to make money. And, uh, we uh, started working for film and TV, doing film and TV stuff, and kind of had a production thing going, and and it's still going today. We do music for Bob's Burgers, his television show, and um, and that kind of gave me the ability to to yeah to live in in. Um, upstate and um 
you know, have a little studio up here and, and still stay, you know, stay in music. <coughs> That's a great thing. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, February 5, 2020. Watch Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour three. February 5, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show. Feel how a bullet eats the 
Finally now, 
You could have already been there Taking turns with these moves Never know who's showing up Moving fast yet standing still Staring longingly out the windowsill I need a reset, I need a reset I need a reset of my life I need a reset, I need a reset I need a reset of my life You used to chase a dream Now you're losing steam An empty promise to yourself Don't put it all back on the shelf I need a reset, I need a reset I need a reset of my life I need a reset, I need a reset I need a reset of my life I need a reset, I need a reset I need a reset of my life
Peterson, we start the third hour off with Jack Lee's dead, Chris Maxwell. It's not the Chris, well, it might be because stories change. But uh, anybody <laughs> who knows the nerves knows what I'm talking about. Then we had Crane and Garrett after that. Garrett's Dirk's brother. He used to write songs with Crane, uh-huh. man. Once was love, another umbrella with the late great Richard Derrick. Yeah. The heart of the matter. Andre Vita out of Berlin with, where's your name? Zobra Dome, Space Hawk. Mario DeSandro reset the city costs too much, uh, so he's moving down to SoCal. Yeah. When you were given a choice between Lower yeah. Manhattan and the city, I mean both pads yeah. now, right? Are so expensive. Yeah, speak- yeah, yeah. Speaking of Crane and Richard Derrick, yeah, I just shipped off uh, all the uh, another umbrella. Crane wanted to get it because I got Richard's archives right, here and right. everything. So twenty nine CDs, twenty nine CDs. Brother. So so that's yeah, great because Crane Crane's going to keep working with the stuff and keep Richard Derrick's music out there in the world. Right, so right, it's awesome. Right. Yep, yeah, and he's in uh, Idaho. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, got way up north by like Coeur Lane. Yeah, he's got a nice kingdom. Utah pimp, Idaho. Right on Crane. Right. And then Chris Maxwell. I wasn't concerned till now. Now tell me about this new album, the the. New store number two. Yeah. Um, yeah, second second solo record for me to do. Um, I took a, uh, a kind of a long, long break and then did Arkansas Summer uh, three years ago, and then this is the second one. Kind of uh, uh, the second chapter of that first one, which is kind of dealing with some autobiographical stuff that uh, uh, and focused... A, on a lot of the relationships that I had with um, friends and family in Arkansas, and, uh, and not all of it, uh, but some of it, and um, uh, yeah, just so I had to, I had to get that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Does that makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. And you did in the, the little studio that you do this other stuff with, and you had yeah. uh, people live around. It's no real band right you have cats you want to live around play on it right yeah i've got a, a studio in my yard that um i i built and and um yeah and i just have a, yeah i just got a lot of amazing friends and people who are close by that i um can um call up and have them drop by and uh yeah it's it's just it's a gift yeah and it, there was no rush right you could record it at your own pace yeah, yeah, no, no, no rush. No, nobody, nobody yelling at me to. I have to hurry up and finish the next record. That was not the. That was not the case. <laughs> it was like no wine before it's time, kind of trip. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, and I, I mean, I, I'm sure my family probably would have liked if I could have gotten it done a little quicker because I think uh, I think I tortured everybody that's within, you know, ten miles of me with with uh, mixes and versions <laughs> and. 
everything else. I probably did 20 versions of every song until I found the right the right way to do it. And uh, yeah, it took a it took a little while to get it right, but I think I finally got there. And this this tune walking through the water. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that song, my brother, uh, passed away a year ago, uh, mostly dealing with, uh, addiction and, and, um, uh, and he, and I, I had written the song, or I had started this, started writing the song while he was still around, and he was, he was doing a lot of in and out of rehabs, and um, and that's kind of what that song was initially about. Was just uh, watching just my mother and and myself and people loved him. Just the kind of collateral damage of seeing somebody go through that process over and over again. Okay, you want to listen to it? Me? Yeah. I do. Sure. Okay, so do the listeners. Here we go.
backlit by a brick tower Punched out window, eyes and mouth Neither fire, north, nor south Sirens Police and fire and EMT It could easily be you or me But it does not move the snowbird Courtyard Secreted away in the city Gal on a staircase smoking Counting up her old ladies
queen And fig trees surrounded the castle But now they're all dead And the crown from his head Sits on the head of a jackal Masters of mankind Mark off the scene In the shape of the American dream Now that dream swings In the warm summer breeze In the shade of the tall forgotten trees Where she lies on top of the mountain And the paper mill makes the whole town smell rotten Sammy races trains, driving the boys insane New star number two gone But not forgotten He mumbled No one understood what he said But with two fingers He lifted the table above his head Pedro show. Yeah, I was walking through the water. Chris Maxwell for his brother and his mom. Uh, yeah. Uh, Deutsche Ashram after that, fingertips sway, red cadets, red space, mold omen out of Baltimore. Dan Jones and Squids with Snowbird out of Kansas City, Missouri. You know, there is some Kansas City in Kansas. That's <laughs> not the big part. <laughs> and, uh, and <laughs> Matt Jones with uh, out of Pusan with just an aberration. Finally, new store number two. Chris Maxwell, this, this is the title tune. Yeah, yeah. And you said it's about family, old old relationships back at Arkansas. Yeah. So in a way, is yeah. is it kind of a concept record? Uh, I that uh, I would say I if, if I said if I said it was it would be not such a successful uh, concept record because I, I don't really stick to any kind of concept <laughs> but uh, it definitely had uh, as a guidepost was this this idea and that song in particular the title track was is where it connected to the last record and um, 
So uh, that exploring that my my grandfather's uh, story a little bit, which is what that song is is dealing with. Uh, he's the kind of got. He's the cat who played, that? right? He's the guy who played. He didn't play. Uh. Uh-uh. I thought one of your grandpas. Oh, he was an uncle. That's right. He was an uncle. Oh yeah, my uncle. My uncle played. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, my I'm yeah, the, the, his son. <laughs> yeah, my grandfather. Actually, he did play. Actually, on the on the record, I don't think I don't think I sent you this this track, but um, on on the record, there's uh, he's he's from Beirut, Lebanon. So uh, we we grew up hearing um, a lot of interesting you know things come out of his mouth and. One of them was a, a folk song that he would sing, and somebody had in the, in the late '70s recorded him on a cassette uh, cassette recorder singing this song, and that's how, uh, and that's one of the tracks on the record. It's just kind of unadorned. Just a, uh, I transferred that cassette into the computer, and and uh, that's one of the tracks. You know, the the title is kind of weird because the new store number two, like what happened to number one? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not I mean, not, not everybody gets that. But the thing is, is that his whole uh, his broken English and sort of he could speak, but it was never. It was definitely his second language, and and so there were so many things that kind of came out of uh, that were sort of messed up. I, I remember one time he hung a sign in the in the store window that said "shits for sale." <laughs> And he had just left the R out, and that was kind of like a problem for him. He was constantly doing shit like that. One time in Tokyo, I think it was more, way more second language. With it was like not just a sale; it was a big fucking sale. Yeah, these signs, big fucking sale, big fucking. They didn't know the weight of that word. It was like five foot letters, big fucking sale. So, yeah. Chris, what, what's your next plan now with music? Are you going to tour this? Uh, I'm going to do some light touring. I'm going to do some regional northeast stuff. I've got shows booked in this in New York City and Boston. I'll probably play Providence around here in the Kingston area, also the Hudson Valley. And then looking to play down in the south, Nashville, Memphis, Little Rock. So, And then I, I do come out to L.A. to, to, to work a little bit. Um, and I, I might uh, I might throw throw together some some uh, solo shows while I'm out there too. Oh, that'd be bitching! I'd love to come see you. Where can people yeah, find you? Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, well, MaxwellSongs.com is the website. Um, That's great. You can go spell that. Spell can, that for them there. M a x w e l l s o n g s dot com. Dot com. And then um, Max Recordings is the um, is the label, um, uh, and that's maxrecordings.com. Um, and it's just not me on there. It's a lot of other great Arkansas songwriters and bands and stuff. It's it's a it's a cool label. Uh, and uh, and then and then you can hit me find me on Spotify or you know iTunes or whatever low rent streaming service you choose to. Uh, <laughs> Go through. Go um, to his website, people, because that's his. That's his. It's like his own fanzine. There's no middleman. The other things are just yeah. telephone poles to put flyers up on. You go to <laughs> that's that. right. <laughs> no, Chris, man, it's great about your journey through music and how you keep on keeping on. That's bitching. 
beautiful. I wish you much luck. Uh, new store number three or whatever down the road. Keep on keeping on, please. Thanks, man. I mean, it means a lot. I don't know if you know of a little town outside of West Memphis called Earl. No, I don't know yeah, Earl. It's a, it's a little one. And uh, my uh, grandpa, B.B. Watt, Baird Byron Watt, came from there. So there's a little Arkansas oh, for Watt. <laughs> Long time. Oh, shit. Dude, there was no work. There was no work. He had to move. What maybe forty miles from Memphis? It's, it's way. In, oh man, in West Memphis, and that's that's it's uh, the music scene. That's a, there's some deep stuff going on. I heard there. about the old days. It was wild. Taff told me there was some wild stuff across the river. Yeah, that's people. I got to. I saw. Uh, I had a crazy night one night where I saw John Lee Hooker in Memphis at the at the New Daisy, and then a bunch of. Uh, the folks in that scene, we all drove across the river to West Memphis and saw Albert King uh, play a little juke joint with, uh, and then Joe Walsh said, <laughs> and his wow, drum was Walsh. really super drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. He's in so, a... Albert, Albert King asked him to, to, to actually stop playing because he was so drunk. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> had dinner with Albert King once. Yeah, brother man had a blue show on KXLU called The Blues Shift, and you got to meet a lot of these guys. Uh, he went to Willie Dixon's pad. He opened up a drawer. What he said, two hundred songs. A bunch of songs yeah, yeah, in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! So anyway, Chris, Shit. thanks so much for being on the show, and really good luck. And I can't wait. You get new music. Let us uh, bring you on the show again, please. Talk. Okay, about thanks a lot. I appreciate okay, it, and had a great time with talking to you guys. Okay. Cool. Uh, All right. Feb five, twenty twenty, Dishwap Pedro show. Keep your powder dry.